the atmosphere out on that, that main sort of grass area in the middle of it, it's crazy. If it's a really nice day and it's hot, you know, there's, there's, I think I saw a plunge pool. Then, you know, there was drinking in a plunge pool. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. I don't think the people that were in there had seen a, a single ball being hit at the tennis. Dirty Linen loves the Australian Open. We are sticking with it for the whole week. Our guest today is Corey Costello, who is running the Rockpool Bar and Grill restaurant, which is a bit of a, a bit of a regular at the Australian Open. Corey, uh, welcome to Dirty Linen. Cheers, Danny. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. And I was um, lucky enough to do a little swing by the Rockpool uh, restaurant at the Australian Open in 2022. You've been doing this for a while now. Tell us about Rockpool, yourself and the AO. Um, yeah, I think this will be our sixth tour of duty uh, this this uh, this year. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of lessons learnt over the years. Um, it's always a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. Um, you know, some of the chefs will do. 14 days straight of, um, of working and it's, uh, it's big hours because you do the lunch and dinner service, you've got to prep and um, they're brutal services because, you've, you know, you've got 220 people coming in and uh, they all want to eat quickly and they all want to leave and everyone has three courses. So it's, um, yeah, it, it takes a bit of a special breed after you've done a couple of the, after you've done it a couple of times, you, you sort of know what to, to expect. So we try to try and take a team and, and build it from from around the country for our different venues that um, that are good at that style of, of service. I mean, for your staff, do you do you, is it like um, penance or an amazing opportunity? <laughs> well, the thing is, when they when they because they, they hear about it and they go, oh, that'd be awesome. You go down there, you stay in a hotel. It's nice, you know. It's um, you know, they they hear about dinners that we have after the tennis where we all go out together and you know, eat at some of, of Melbourne's best restaurants. Um, and so they think it's this really glamorous, um, you know, week away or two weeks away. And after about day four, they're like, what have I signed up for? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard work. Um, but it's very rewarding because, um, yeah, you do get to do all those fun things. And just being with a team for that, that long and that intense is, uh, yeah, it really brings, brings chefs together, I guess. I'm sure over the six years that you've been doing it, you must, as you say, you've learned a lot. Is is one of the things how much of the Rockpool restaurant experience to bring to this event uh, location? Yeah, there's there's that there's um that that definitely is is a part of it. You know, we want to try and make it as much like eating in the restaurant. Obviously, we don't have the wood fire grills, which we're famous for, and. Um, we can't really use the aged beef. We have to, because there's so much, we, we sort of have to use beef that's not of that age value. But we still use Cape Grim beef and we try and, because we are a produce-driven restaurant, we try and use all of our regular suppliers. You know, um, I just had to have the call with um, with the lovely people from Holy Goat saying, hey, can we use your cheese this year? <laughs> They're like, how much? I'm like, just a little, like, 55 wheels, if that's possible. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Corey, thank you for calling me now. And that's the thing. You have to sort of get this stuff organised, um, you know, a fair bit out. Um, so it's, it's good. It just sort of showcases a little bit of what we do and on a very small scale um, at the tennis because, you know, I think for years the food, you know, when you go to events is not, sort of you know you don't ever go there and walk away going that was really tasty you sort of it's something to to sustain you while you're watching a sporting event or a concert or something and um you know it's really the AO have done a great job in lifting lifting that profile 
Um, and, you know, other things as well now, like, you know, the, the cricket grounds and things like that around the country, they're all sort of starting to, people are sort of starting to vote, you know, by saying, well, I'm not going to eat that pre-made burger that was sitting there for two hours in a bain-marie. I'm gonna, I want something that's, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing with the AO and some of those other premium events is there's so much else to do that you're like, oh, hang on, I better go watch some tennis for a bit. <laughs> you can really get caught up in the, the not only the food, but like the music and other activities. Oh, yeah, it's, it's great. The, the atmosphere out on that, that main sort of grass area in the middle of it, that is just, it's crazy. If it's a really nice day and it's hot, you know, there's, there's I think I saw a plunge pool. Uh, in one of the, the pop-ups um, <laughs> from someone a few years ago. I won't name who it was, but it was uh, it was an awesome um, concept. And, you know, there was drinking in a plunge pool. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. I don't think the people that were in there had seen a, a single ball being hit at the tennis. So, yeah, exactly. There's so much else to do. It's a real day out. So I'm, lo- I'm looking at some of the highlights from the menu. There's like a crudo of Hiramasa kingfish with smoked eggplant. There's, as you say, the Cape Grim beef fillet with scordalia, a smoked beef fat sauce, slow roasted lamb shoulder with salsa verde, and then a different menu for the finals with, that includes roasted duck breast with poached figs and a pressed duck sauce. I mean, how do you... How do you think about the menus for these kind of events where you are, you know, having to um, get people through in a, in a set amount of time? Um, yeah, we have to we have to make sure that we can pull it off very quickly. Um, and so the first few years were, were not great. We struggled a lot with um, with organising some of the things that we're um, trying to get out, and we had you know some kitchen failures with equipment, which really hindered it. We had a, um, a docket machine that. that just lost sort of a third of the restaurant's docket. So we'd be like, oh, we're done. This is awesome. And this is really easy. And they're like, well, where's all of that area? I'm like, well, we've got no dockets. So Uh-oh. just <laughs> double checking and triple checking uh, everything before you start. Um, and then there's always little glitches along the way. But, um, yeah, we've sort of got a uh, uh, Santi and I take Santi down most times um, to do it. And, and the two of us are very, very uh, – in tune with how we make it work now and, and what we need to roll out to, to have that happen. But yeah, there's still every year there's something that will be thrown up because um, it is a choice of a menu and you sort of have to pre-order most of the food, um, you know, months out. We can, we can get those quantities wrong and, you know, you have a, a weather change or someone last year we ran out of tuna so early so I was on the phone to, um, to, to Heidi Walker saying, Heidi, please, please, please help me, please. Um, and it's not small quantities, you know, it's, it's 500 people a day eating. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a large amount of food to, to call to get premium suppliers to just help you out very quickly. Is, um, is, I'm very grateful to all of those people for, the, for doing that for me. Mm. So you mentioned bringing, bringing your executive chef, Santiago Aristizabal, and I mean, other key staff members from around the country, from the, the various Rockpool, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth. I mean, what is it like for the venues that you pull these staff out of? Is it a real juggling act to make sure that each venue can, can cope? It is. Oh, we, we can't take any staff out of Melbourne because because <laughs> Melbourne's really busy. Um, but our restaurant in Sydney is very quiet uh, at this time of year. You know, it's, it's in the middle of the, the finance district of, of Sydney. So um, it really sort of, you know, that part of Sydney is a bit of a ghost town. Um, so we can pull some staff out of Sydney and we fly them down and, 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 you know, put them up for accommodation. Perth usually are pretty good uh, at sending some staff over except for last year. And, yeah, in WA, the Premier over there uh, put a bit of a um, – 
a ban on, on, on people coming from WA over. Oh, they made them quarantine if they came back. So we couldn't take any staff from, from Perth, unfortunately. But this year, we've got a couple of Perth res- representatives coming over with us. So I'm pretty happy that they're, um, that they're coming. Um, yeah, f- fantastic. I mean, it's, I guess, you know, we can't quite say COVID's over, but I guess certainly it's going to be the most normal open for a few years. Yeah, definitely. It will, it will, you know, I'm thinking it will be. I mean, last year it was, it was pretty amazing that the, um, you know, the way they pulled it all together and the way they got it to, to happen um, was fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah, it really was. Um, so, Corey, you know, we've talked a lot about staff, but what about customers? Do you find that you get new people that, um, interacting with the brand or is it a lot of, you know, regulars from around the place that, that love to have a rock pool experience at the tennis? Um, we get a bit of a mix. I mean, you get sort of a lot of corporate people uh, in the early stages um, that come through. Um, you know, they might be there for a, a work event or something like that. And then, uh, then you have all the really hardcore tennis fans that travel from all over the world watching their favorite players and they come up and have a talk. So they really haven't, you know, experienced Rockpool before and uh, come up and thank us and, and then try and come to the restaurants, um, you know, around the country. Uh, and then we have our regulars as well that, are, um, that will follow us everywhere. So if we say we're going to New Zealand to do a little pop-up at a golf course, they'll say, oh, well, I might go play golf that weekend and come to the restaurant. So, um yeah, we have we have those sort of um, the rock pool fans, I guess you could say, uh, and then just you know the the general punters that, that come in, which um, you know the people that are just enjoying it, some Melbourne locals. So it's a it's a real it's a real good mix, very different to what we have um, normally uh, in, in the restaurants. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, it makes for a fun time. One year we had the restaurant almost booked out by a, a Chinese sort of. Um, delegation and they came in and I've never seen people eat so fast and they they had like so that they're organized a pre-order for them so you know we I think we banged out three courses for them in about 40 minutes um and you know 70 covers at a time and they sit down bang it was almost like a function so um yeah it's a bit, bit you know it can throw some different challenges up at you but it's always fun yeah! Wow! Amazing! And how how do you feel at the end of it? Is it always, is it always a bit of a wipeout? <laughs> oh, we've we've learned our lessons about over overextending ourselves on the last night and um, having a bit of a party. Uh, I think we've we've tried to book the flights back um, to Perth and Sydney and and around a bit earlier so that everyone doesn't party a little bit too hard because you can get carried away. Um, but yeah, it is a, it is a, a sense of um, satisfaction when you sort of walk out and, and done. And the last day, because it's the finals, um, there's not as many people there. It's a bit of a smaller, um, a smaller event. So you sort of almost in pack down mode, and you know the, the bump out part of it. So it's just um, I'm yeah we're looking forward to this year. We've got a, a, a supernova coming as well. So I don't know if you're speaking to anyone from from there, but maybe um, maybe Ben. Uh, but yeah, Ben. Ben asked me the other day. He's like, "What's it like?" I said, "It's intense, mate. Wait till you, wait till you try it." So I'm looking forward to seeing Ben Pollard from Supernormal and McConnell Group there. So he's um yeah he, he's looking looking forward to it as well. Corey, you've been with the group since I think 2009 when Rockpool opened in Sydney. I mean, you've the Rockpool groups, the restaurants and the group seen a lot of, you know, iterations over that period, few changes, but what is it that's kept you engaged and, and sticking around? 
Oh, I mean, you know, having the opportunity to do things like this, um, you know, is great. It really, you know, changes the way that you think about um, about cooking, and you're not so precious about as as many things. Um, you know, we, you know, I get to do the we did the Singapore Grand Prix earlier in the year, and once again, that's a, a, a very it's a it's like a, a shortened version of the Australian Open, a brutal one that goes for three days. So it's, I mean, it's about twelve hundred covers a day. Um, and yeah, and it's, you know, there's a lot of other sort of well-known international chefs there. And so, you know, to who's who sometimes in the dining room, you're like, oh, wow, look, there's John George and, you know, there's, there's Tetsuya and they're all coming over just to, you know, sit and, and dine in the restaurant. So, you know, getting things like that, um, opportunities like that really make it, uh, make it an easy thing to hang around for and to do. Yeah, incredible. And for the restaurants in 2023, like what are you what are you looking forward to? Where do you think things are at in let's say in CBDs around the country? What, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we we did record numbers almost this year um, at Rockpool in Sydney, and so and same with Spice Temple um, and now Saki restaurants. Uh, both of those were, you know, really busy as well. Um, so. F- I think if you if you're doing your, your job pretty well, and I think if uh, the food you're putting up is is of standard, um, then I, I I didn't really see much of a slowdown for anyone. Um, the CBD foot traffic traffic I know was a little bit down, and we've probably found that nighttime staff is not as uh, sorry nighttime guests aren't as heavy. So um, and I think that's you know due to a lot of people working from home and. Instead of meeting up after work and having dinner, you know, at a suburb at a at a CBD restaurant, um, you know, people are sort of catching up in the suburbs um, when they do have dinners because they're not in the city. So I know a lot of my friends that you know don't work in the city anymore. They go, "Well, do you want to catch up?" And we'd always catch up at a little bar and then go to dinner. Uh, and now we're not doing that there. We're sort of doing it more in the suburbs. Um, so yeah, but but lunch times are, are, are crazy busy um, at all of our venues, and um, yeah, the, the, the nighttime trade's just a little bit down, but it's been being very much made up for it from lunch. So mm. that's yeah, really interesting and and good to hear. What about in terms of the kinds of things people are eating? What are you expecting to see through twenty twenty three? Just in terms of I don't know the way people are structuring their meals or the the produce or the dishes that they're looking for. Um, I don't really know. I mean, for us at, at Rockpool, which is sort of where I reside most of the time, we we don't really change too much. We don't um, – I don't think we've ever been part of one of the fads that have sort of come through or, or anything. We sort of don't – you know, we we do what we do, I guess, and um, that's about it. I think, you know, the, the quality of produce that everyone's eating will probably have to, to really change because of the weather factors in Australia are, are making it harder and harder. So, you know, people are going to have to only have seasonal, which I know we, you know, chefs bang on about seasonal all the time, but they're really not going to be able to hold a lot of stuff anymore. Um, you know, and predominant areas where they grow food might not grow them because the, the, you know, it might not be there because of water restrictions or not enough water or too much water. So I think the environment will, will have a big factor in, in what, what we eat um, this year. And then, you know, with the price of, uh, in particular, you know, proteins, you know, the beef and pork and lamb uh, going up so much uh, and seafood that, that um, you know, chefs are going to have to get pretty creative with, with serving 
uh, either smaller portions or different different uh, cuts and different um, pieces that people uh, maybe not might be not might not be familiar with or you know it's not going to be fillet steak for everyone all the time. I think and and then that sort of happened over the last year with and and we saw that, but I think that will that will come through even more and more this year. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd love to see people eating some more seafood in Australia. It's still a very underrated um, product that we have so much of um, on our doorstep and you know, we still don't eat enough of it. So, Yeah, that's really interesting. It almost sounds like you're uh, relishing the challenge of, you know, rethinking whether it's portions or cuts or, yeah, getting people um, to try a bit of seafood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I'm looking out over the water right now, so it's, it's sort of got my opinion bias. And I was out on the water yesterday fishing, so. Um, but yeah, it is. You know, a lot of people. I still have a bit of a, a thing about about seafood, and I think it's mainly down to the, you know, when you eat seafood that's not fresh, it tastes that. You know, and everyone says that typical. Oh, it tastes really fishy, but you know, some of the lesser known fish, if you eat them when they're fresh they are gorgeous like just so so delicious to eat and some you know there's so many underrated um bits of seafood out there that australians just haven't got their heads around that i'd love to see some more of it on menus and and being eaten yeah well give us a couple of species that you reckon people should get onto oh leather jacket is the the easiest thing to cook you you it's one of those fish that's cheap um doesn't have any bones prominently it's it's got no scales it's skinned for you so you know if you go down to the fish markets or, or to any any seafood sort of supplier will have it and you can throw them in the oven with a bit of butter and overcook it by three or four minutes either side and it's still good um yeah it's it's, it's a very forgiving fish uh and it's not one of those you know there's you know australians are obsessed by snapper particularly in victoria um, in South Australia, they just think that snapper is the be-all and all the fish. And it's, I'm just, I'm going to go out there and say it. I don't think it's that actually great of a fish to eat. It's, it's so hard to get right. If you overcook it by, you know, 20 seconds, it's dry and stringy. Um, where, you know, something like leather jacket, you can cook it for an extra five minutes and it's, it's still good to go. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, things like leather jacket are great. Mussels, um, you know, buying a pot, you know, buying a bag of mussels are under 10 bucks for a kilo um, and cooking that for a family dinner with a couple of beans or something with a big loaf of bread or, you know, with a big sauce. I mean, I don't know anyone that doesn't enjoy dipping a, a loaf of bread into a sauce that's flavored with mussels. Um, you know, it's, it's just cheap and it's, um, it's easy. And, you know, my, my kids even like it. They tend to not eat the mussels too much. Um, well, they like the white ones and not the orange ones. Uh, I don't know why. Um, but it, it's, you know, that's, that's a great thing. And just sit around a table and eat a bowl of mussels with the family. I think so, uh, you know, Australians don't tend to do that too often, um, where it should be, you know, a, a quite easy to, to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you just go down to the fish markets and have a look and see what's fresh and what's available, that's always the, you know, that's, that's the, the key to it. 
Love it, Corey. That's such good advice. And I'm really excited about 2023 being the year of the leather jacket. That's good. I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. It's really good. Um, I reckon 2023 is also the year of curly parsley. So maybe we can garnish our leather jacket with a bit of curly parsley. And <laughs> I've, got, I've got some curly parsley growing in a pot and uh, it, it, I unfortunately didn't pay enough attention to it and it grew too big uh, and then it's all died. So I, I have to replant some more curly parsley. There is still time. There is still <laughs> get, time. Get on this trend. Um, <laughs> we are sure, but yeah, there's time. Corey, um, yeah, really great to catch up and fantastic to hear about what you're doing at the Australian Open. Um, good luck with it. Good luck turning those tables and <laughs> getting getting those plates out to all those delegations. I'm looking forward to it. The Melbourne Heat always um, usually lays it on for us uh, over those two weeks, so... Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be great. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Um, thanks for thanks for joining us today. And uh, yeah, I'll see you at the tennis. <laughs> see you, Danny. Cheers. This is Dirty Linen, and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.